This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is going on, boys and girls? Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast right here on the Paddle and Fin Network. Hope you all had a great weekend. Uh, should be by the time this comes out Tuesday. And what? Day of the calendar is it? I should have checked that. Let's see, Tuesday the 14th. So, hope you had a great weekend. A uh, couple of things we can kind of talk about here in the intro. The Hobie BOS, uh, the registration for the final Hobie BOS for this season, Darnell just went up today. Um, today is Friday, and I think it hasn't sold out yet, which I shouldn't be surprised the way gas prices are. I, you know, it's it's crazy. There was a lot of talk when the season started and they were, you know, selling out all these tournaments in less than 10 minutes that, you know, this was one was going to be one of the ones that was going to sell out, probably break any previous records. But, um, yeah, not a lot of entries, or at least the last time I checked it, I think there was under 100 entries in the first day. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully gas prices drop down or drop out a little bit or drop down. I should say a little bit. Um, I know it's summer, you know, regardless of the economy, usually summer, you know, gas prices go up a little bit, but this tournament is in September. So hopefully by then things get figured out where it's going to be a little less expensive to drive to Arkansas. But anyways, got a great episode for you today, Bailey Eichbrecht from the Serious Angler Podcast. If you don't know Bailey, he's been smashing it both on the national trail um, this year on his local trails up in upstate New York where he lives. He's always done really well, uh, but I think he's established his name in the national trails with what he's done in the Hobie BOS. So I was excited to bring him on. I've known Bailey Eichbrecht for... Probably over a little two years, he's kind of been uh, a mentor in the podcast in some ways. Also in kayak fishing, we've learned a lot from him um, since I started the podcast. He's one of the first podcasts I listen to. I have a lot of respect 
for what Bailey does. Uh, and a great guy, great human being. I have the chance to meet him last year at the Bassmasters um, Classic here in Texas. So, um, again, excited to have Bailey come up. Anyways, that's pretty much it, guys. Uh, we're going to go to a quick commercials. Before that, uh, go check out uh, Douglas Outdoors. They're my sponsor for the podcast, douglasoutdoors.com. Full lineup of LRS, X-Matrix, and fly fishing rods. Amazing rods. Go check them out. We'll go to a quick Waypoints commercial. We'll be bring Bailey right in. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on? Oh, you know what? I forgot to mention. Bailey is fishing, uh, is actually recording while he's on the water. So that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on, dude? We're uh, on the water right now. We got a little local tournament tomorrow. And uh, I only had a couple hours tonight. So I was like, hey, Armando, you care if I do this podcast while I get a little practice in? But appreciate you letting me do it and try to fish at the same time, buddy. Nah, man. My, my pleasure. Um, and again, I'm more than understanding. I know, uh, you know, it takes time out away from what you're doing. So, you know, whenever you can compromise. And you promise you will catch a 10-pound smallmouth bass. So <laughs> we'll hold you to it. But, Man, uh, I hope I can catch one too. <laughs> are you just graphing or are you actually actively casting, trying to catch fish? Uh, right now, I'm not trying to catch anything because uh, right now, um, I, I already checked out a spot earlier today. Like I just got out there like from about an hour ago and found a couple small mouth that are on bed, but they're, it's just the first wave that showed up and it's only a small wave. So nothing promising because it's all small males. So I'm checking a uh, spot in a different part of the lake. It's a little bit further along that should, it's usually a spot where uh, big females come up, big green females come up spawn late. And, uh, but we're, we're like two weeks behind up here in New York. It's weird. Like, Usually this time of year, we have 75 to 80 degree water temps, and it's still in the mid-60s to low 60s. Um, but actually, our Finger Lakes are further behind than our Great Lakes are, which is usually never the case. So it's kind of it's kind of an interesting year <laughs> trying to figure out these bass. I've been spending more time on the National Trail than I have at home, so I'm trying to get my bearings back. So it's been uh, it's interesting all over the place. Well, you've had some success this year on, on the local trails, right? Yeah, I got, uh, I've uh, fished three tournaments. There's been four on the New York Kayak Bass Fishing Trail. Uh, I got top five in each of them, so I'm doing good, but um, I, haven't, I feel like I haven't been fishing at home, not in a tournament in a while. So, just trying to, uh, this is my favorite place in the world. Uh, right here, it's Cayuga Lake. It's where our tournament's at tomorrow. And uh, it's, it's one of those lakes that's super special. One of the lakes actually, like, I obviously have the YouTube channel, Be the Fish, but it's one of the, one of the only lake that I refuse to film on because it's just that sacred to me. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to give out so, the juice on that. So what's the yeah, name of the lake? Cayuga Lake, is that correct? Yep, Cayuga Lake, C-A-Y-U-G-A. It's probably one of the uh, most notable tournament lakes uh, in New York from a, at least from like the big boat standpoint from Bassmaster MLF. MLF's coming up here, the BPT's coming up here. 
uh, later this year, actually, I think in about a month. Um, and they're going to God smack them. It's going to be so much fun to watch that one. Uh, this place is special though. It's a, it's got giant small mouth and a lot of small mouth and it's got giant large mouth and a lot of large mouth. So it's, it's one of those places you can come here in the spring and catch 25 to 28 pounds of Brown. And right next to them, you can catch 25 to 32 pounds of green. So it's a, it's a pretty awesome place. It does not get the notoriety it deserves. Well, it's better that way, I think. Yeah, it's better for me. It's better for us. Better for the locals, you know, as that's far right. as that goes. Um, I want to say that's where. Um, um, God, oh God, um, Josh Smith from Dark Waters. Did he win the tournament? I think in Cayuga Lake last year, right? Not was it wasn't for the New York KBF though. I think it was another one. No, I want to no, say it was that, Cayuga. It was elite. It was the elite. Yeah, the elite. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was an that tournament was yeah. so yeah that tournament was funny man I uh I slept in my truck that night and Josh slept in his truck that same night with me because he he had messaged me the day prior and he's like uh he's like you driving you know the morning of I'm like now nah, I'm just gonna you know camp outside and slept in my truck and he goes fine I'll come out with you and uh that was a fun night with Josh I had a few beers and he was like a nervous wreck it, it, it's really funny watching him try to tournament fish because he's like asking a thousand times every five minutes he goes you think my fish will still be there you think my fish will still be there i think he caught his pb in practice and i was like dude your fish are gonna be there just be the first one and uh i still remember seeing his face after that day i had a horrible day uh and i remember coming back and seeing his face like he was like a ghost like he it, it was awesome to see he did he did so good and he's you could tell like everyone knows it you know when you have that first really good tournament where you yeah. catch them the way you you know you dream of catching them and uh or if it turns out better than you thought like everyone knows those emotions and it was, it's just cool yeah. to see that you know especially for you know josh that was you know had a tongue go at it you know tournament season I, I mean he's a ghost now i don't think i've heard of him heard from him in like the past two years but i haven't heard of him from that tournament i think he just decided he was going to quit while he was on top he's like well that's this is the peak let's just quit yeah now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe smart thing i don't know i wouldn't at least about you know, I, I, at least about tournament fishing. I hope he's still fishing. I think he's doing some Brazilian jiu-jitsu or something. I don't know what he's doing. But, uh, I wish have him no idea. Though. I hope he's still breathing. I'll say yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. So you are um, – are you signed up for Darnell for Arkansas or are you just you did done with the Hobie BOS this year or you have one more? No, I got the Susky. Uh, that's oh, what I signed Susky? up for. Yep, I was going to do the Wolf and Fox River. Uh, but there was two motives behind not doing that. And the first one you already mentioned, that was gas. Yeah. Uh, because I didn't need another 12-hour drive in my, my book for this year. Uh, but also Cody Milton's, like, got AOI on lock. So I'm not really yeah. – <laughs> yeah. I mean, three top fives, that's pretty dang hard to beat. But uh, yeah, that's originally why I was going to do a couple of them to try to go after AOI. But with the gas and everything, I'm going to save my money for TOC. Yeah, hopefully, like I said, the the price lowers by the time, especially with the time of TLC. Gosh, yeah, it should. Yeah, let's see. yeah fingers um, crossed. Let's talk a little bit about your big win at the Hobie BOS. Um, remind me again, which lake did you win at? Um, that was Lake Ufala, Alabama. Lake Ufala. How was that tournament for you? And uh, you know, what were your emotions when you realized you won this? Oh man. Well, first of all, do you care if I cast and put this phone down I so you can know. kind of see it? Oh, man. All right. 
Nobody wants I'm to seeing see our ugly faces here. Don't worry about it. They're just listening. <laughs> I'm glad they're on the same page then. All right. So, can you still hear me? Nope. You got caught off on the. Uh, yeah, now I can hear you. Yeah, now I can hear you. You can hear me now? <laughs> yeah. The cross shot. The, uh, the cross it's, shot. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. interesting to say the list. If you're listening on the podcast, <laughs> don't want to watch this one. To YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was horrible. My reel just came apart. That was good. Oh, there you go. All right, yeah, we're not throwing that rod. Yeah, that's a good one. There we one. go. All right. Um, let's see. I guess we're, that, that was a sign that we should not be casting. So I will take that. I always take these little signs. Like, <laughs> when you're going down the bank and you're not getting bit, and you're like, you, know, you skip something under a tree, you bird's nest, or you're making like repetitively bad casts. You're like, okay, I'll take the sign. You switch, throw something different, and you catch a fish, and you're like, hmm, Mother Nature telling me something here. <laughs> um, but no, dude, you follow was you follow was awesome. Uh, it was actually just really frustrating at first, just because the storms that came in. You know, I got in the weekend prior uh, because I take off Wednesday to Friday before a tournament and Monday, Tuesday, even when I'm down in Alabama, mm-hmm. um, I'm working. So um, I had to work the first two days, but that Sunday I got out for a little bit of practice. And what I've been doing for those is that Sunday, I don't go into it with any preconceived notions. I just find a spot on the map that looks good and I go fun fish and I don't really worry about thinking, you know, I have to grab this, I have to grab that. I, you know, I just go into it with, you know, I'm going to bring the basics and I'm just going to go visual, keep it simple and start from there. And that way I can kind of get a good bearing on what's going on. And then my Wednesday to Friday, I can expand. And, uh, that Sunday was, it was great. It was, it was, uh, got three bites, like literally after, right after I launched and thought it was going to be pretty good. And, Dropped like a seven and a half, eight pounder on a frog. So I thought, you know, originally I was thinking that I was going to be offshore, you know, most of the time thinking that these fish were coming off the bed. Um, but I think they were a little behind than what we had anticipated because the water temps were still in the low 60s. Um, so with that, I was getting all those bites shallow. I tried to basically ditch my, you know, tell my brain to turn off the need to be offshore. And, uh, decided to start running some shallow stuff, but we got a big thunderstorm Sunday night and, uh, it muddied up the whole lake. I mean, some places started to clear up by tournament time, but it was like really muddy in some places, like maybe an inch or two of his. And so what I did, I, I got in the car and I started driving launches in the creeks because the very backs of creeks would be relatively clear than the rest, of course. But I went and tried to find creeks that were north facing. Because with the current flows north to south, it is hard for current to wrap and go up. Yep. So I tried to find north-facing, whether it's points, sloughs, creeks, what have you, um, and stuff that had clear water. So I, it took me until about the last day that I found this Florida tannic clear water. Beautiful green hyacinth mats. And my first cast along it with a spinner bait had about a five-pounder come out and had three other ones with it and basically pulled it away from it. I think I caught like one 17 inch out of it and I left. Uh, I just completely left the area and said, this is where I'm going to start because it was the best stuff I found. So what's the point in, you know, fishing it? Yeah. So I left and, uh, you know, the tournament kind of just, it went perfect. It, I'm more proud of the way I mentally and strategically approached 
the two tournament days down there in that tough fishery than I think I am about the win itself. Uh, that's one thing I'm, I'm always most curious about in bass fishing is the mental approach to it. And I was pretty proud yeah. of how I handled it. So. Yeah, no, I think definitely it's an understatement. Oh, no. Yeah. Underrated part of, of kayak fishing or fishing in general, just the men your mental attitude towards, you know, are you going to catch fish? Are you going to find those fish? Uh, and what do you do and how do your mental approach when things are not going according to plan A and you have to transition to plan B? And obviously I'm not, you know, an established national or even local trail angler, but I've seen the, my, my experience of it. I think it plays a huge part. One thing that I kind of wanted to mention um, that I've learned from you on uh, listening to your podcast about that, that tournament itself, and it really interests me because I think that's not mentioned as much, is you were mentioning that you you got this clear spot, right? This where, where you actually won the tournament. And you right. didn't want to do a long cast because you figured if I catch, there were so many fish there, that if, if you catch one, at the end of that long cast, that old bringing it back in, that's just going to spook everything yep. between you and the fish. Yep. Did, how did you ever get to that conclusion? First of all, it makes a lot of sense, and I've heard that before. And that's something that I, as a as a novice angler, something that I struggle with. You know, as soon as I started learning how to bait cast, I want to be a macho man and cast it a country mile because I thought, well, I feel like a man when I'm casting it like a you know, hundred yards. And second of all, I figured, well, that's the way to cover a lot of tournaments without having to paddle too much or paddle too much, depending what you right. But that approach didn't come to me until later on with experience. How do you, you know, how do you got to that conclusion and did it work? Well, I think, I mean, a lot of it is situational, right? I mean, there's certain times where it's cold for, you know, when you're fishing a flat, you know, you got to make those long casts. There's certain times when fish are being pressured that you need to lay off those fish that you need to make long casts. There's, it's just certain times, like when I'm around cover, I don't like to make long casts, especially when, uh, you know, there's so many parts of the bank. Like, so let me rephrase. There's, it's just different when you're fishing a part of a bank and say 20% of that bank is your high percentage. But when you're fishing that high set mat that had a subtle shad spawn, like I was any part of it, you could get bit. Now, granted, my best bites were on the points in that mat, but I still got bites just around that, just the regular, like, just a straight up that, uh, along the side of the hyacinth mat that wasn't, like, anything special. So when you're getting bites like that that aren't as that consistent, your best bet is to make short and precise casts versus making longer casts because, especially in a tournament like that where every bite really mattered, right? Yep. I mean, getting a limit was huge. You know, that was... Something where you don't want to screw up any other fish catch because, I mean, for me in that, I didn't know how exactly how many fish were in there. And my bite was done after 10 a.m. I think I got one, one or maybe two fish after 10 a.m. the whole of the whole two turn days. Um, so something like that is you got to just take into account from a strategic standpoint. Think of it almost kind of like, uh, think of it almost kind of like you're fishing a laydown, right? You know, it's a fishing a laydown, it's a long tree. And you cast right to the back of that tree, right on the bank, and you catch one. And you watch five other ones chase it out as you caught that one. You just destroyed the whole tree. Yep. Whereas in, you cast to the end of it, and you slowly work your way to the base of that tree, you can probably pick off three or four fish, you know, if yep. you do it right. 
it, it's just kind of that same track mind is my approach to that is I, I was in no rush you know the stretch the couple of stretches i had they weren't that big you know so i wanted to make sure i'm just picking it apart and taking my time um and i just noticed the fish were kind of they weren't really moving too much throughout so i knew that you know it wasn't going to reload as well so i needed to just pick apart every single pocket of that mat and if i'm the longer cast i make it's just it would just kind of hurt me so that was just kind of my method of it you know in, in practice and i don't think that was in my brain but you know with the way that the conditions shaped out it just kind of something that uh came to my realization and it seemed to work out do you when you're fishing a two-day tournament as opposed to a one-day tournament right a one-day tournament you find a spot you hamming. You, you hamming them you're not worrying about yeah. sore lipping for the second day right you're just going to exploit that spot until every oh, single yeah. fish you can catch when you're in a two-day tournament at what point and that's i know that's going to be like a lake like in upstate new york you know 80 inches is different than a lake like let's say lake fork here in texas where 80 inches is nothing <laughs> i won't get you i won't even get you to smell the the last place check so i know that's situational uh, but now speaking of the numbers, the pin, you know, regarding as, as it equates to each lake, where do you find that comfort to say, you know what, I've, I've reached X amount of inches on day one, do I leave this spot? Knowing, assuming that X amount is, you feel comfortable, it's going to get you close to first place. Where do you make that? Do you decide, I'm just going to keep exploiting that place? I'm just going to leave this spot and focus on other areas and hopefully I won't, I'll come back tomorrow at the same time. Does that ever play a factor? Yeah. I mean, I think that whole thing's an equation that, and it's an equation that can be difficult to learn. And I think I'm still in the learning phase of it. Um, And it's one where, you know, I think would screw a lot of people up if we didn't have Tony X and that standings weren't live on day one. Um, so there's a couple different things. The first thing you got to look at is the state of that fishery. You know, are bites hard to come by? Because that definitely plays in that play that you followed. You know, if bites are hard to come by, you know, you got to obviously play in uh, a spot a little bit different. And then you look into, you know, what do you think? I mean, obviously there's always doc talk and what people think, you know, it's going to take to win or what it's going to take a day. And obviously people are usually always wrong. Uh, it might take more, it might take less, etc. Um, what we got to look at too is that area you're fishing. You know, how quick do you get those bites? You know, now how easily do those bites come? Do you think there's more fish there? You know, I think, you know, and obviously it's you know fishery dependent, but you know, if you think you got a good limit, and I think it's important to acknowledge that, like, when no, when you get those bites quick, and there's no one around you. You know, you got that to yourself. If you can get a solid limit, you know, I, w- I mean, in my personal opinion, I think you leave. I think you leave and I think you monitor Tony X if you need to come back. You know, it's it's one of those things that's you know, a resource on day one is looking at the standings to keep yourself in contention. Because if you don't, you know, you can fall out of contention and hurt yourself on day two. Or you can still have a strong finish, but you're kind of. You know, you could have caught a fish or two more if that fish is, or if, uh, that location is healthy enough, right? That you could have put yourself and stayed in contention. So, you know, there's multiple variables that come into play there. Uh, but I think it's really, and it's the hardest thing with these multi-day uh, tournaments. And, you know, I say that and I've only fished three of them 
Um, well, I, I guess technically four of the kayak classic last year. So I can't speak and, you know, I'm not like some veteran with this stuff, but I think that's probably the hardest part of this beyond just uh, finding the fish and catching them is being able to manage them over four, over two days and not completely blow them out, you know? Um, so it's, you know, if people get excited. They keep, you know, they want to catch them. You got a school, but you know, it, it really depends on the one, how many spots you get, how the, the behavior of those, those bass coming in, what the conditions are doing, like the TVA, you know, you got one spot, they're going to be pumping water the one day and you see the next day that TVA is not going to be pumping any water. You might want to get your money's worth of those fish that day and then make a game plan for tomorrow. So it's, it, there's a lot of factors, man. It, it's, it's definitely per lake, right? I mean, it's, you know, time of year, what lake, what that lake's known to have, you know, caliber wise. You know, I, I mean, I feel like I can go around for an hour about this one because it's, it's a fun topic. It is because if you're yeah. good at managing fish and you're good at catching fish, I mean, tournament fishing can come pretty easy too. Yeah. And I think it's very situational, right? Like, and there's a lot of variables that go into it. Like you mentioned, release of water. Um, is there a cold front coming, a, pole, a storm, a, ch a drastic change in weather? Um, there's so much that can play a part and not just the location of the fish and what is the expected, you know, winning number that we all kind of have in our heads going into a tournament. We think like, well, it's Lake Fork. It's going to be two-day tournament. You're going to need more than 200 if it's uh, a broken bowl. You know, I, I, we were on the chat with the groups of guys who were staying out, and I said that that I think it's 184 wins and actually ended up being, I think, 184 and a quarter. So that obviously changes from, from one fishery to another. But like you mentioned, a lot of variables, weather plays a huge part in it and, and the bite. Um, but it's definitely like an interesting subject um, and one that it takes time. You can't rush that kind of learning. It's just, it doesn't happen overnight. You can watch YouTube videos and I'm sure that helps. You can um, listen to Bass University seminars and I'm sure that helps. But you until you're out there on the water, experience it it's not you know it, it, i don't think it ever clicks unless you already have that pedigree where you grew up with a fishing rod in your hand when you well let me ask this question another way when did you feel that you've arrived as far as the national trails like when did you feel like okay I'm not, I'm not saying that you think that you're better than the Cody Milton's or the Guillermo Gonzalez or Christian Fishing on the World, but you obviously are good enough that any given Sunday you can come out with a win. When did you realize that you arrive at least at that level where you can throw, you know, you can throw in your name for for a check? I don't say I don't, I still don't think I'm there. I, I really don't. Um, I don't know if that's just a a personal thing because I've always kind of held myself to higher standards kind of it's my inner athlete growing up you know being highly competitive uh kind of having the mentality that was drilled in me earlier that like to never be satisfied type of thing um but I mean man I'm only three tournaments in from the Hobie, uh, Hobie stage I mean that's like the best of the best from a kayak fishing standpoint um, you know, three tournaments in, I don't think I can make a judgment off that. So it's, it's one where I think I have a lot more to prove. You know, it's, I've only done well in Toledo Bend. I had like a 40, I think it was 48 out of 200. Um, and that one is kind of like, you know, you can put it, you can put a question mark on that. You really could. So it's, 
it's one where I think I still have a lot more to prove. You know, I think consistency is much more impressive than a one-off. So that, that 12th place at Chickamauga, you know, felt good. Um, but I definitely kind of still feel like I have a lot more to go before anybody needs to, you know, do a double take, you know, when I show up to a ramp, like, you know, like I do, like when, when Adam Reiser and Brian Howell showed up to my ramp at Chickamauga, I was like, dang, I'm in good company today. Uh, like that sort of thing. I think it's going to take a long time and I think I have a lot more, a lot more to prove, uh, from that standpoint. What are your, um, other than winning, of course, but what is, what would be, what would make you happy, a result that at least keep you satisfied um, now that you qualify for the TLC? What would be, you want to win it, of course, but if you don't win it, what would be the, you know, the lowest you, you would make you feel like, you know, I, I didn't win it, but I feel, I feel proud of myself. Well, you should be proud of yourself just to be there, but, you know. Going into in the wise, in the wise words of the legendary Ricky Bobby, "You ain't first, you're last." So you would be completely disappointed if you didn't win it. Yeah, you wouldn't be happy. You would consider yourself a. You would consider. Let me rephrase it this way: If you don't win the TOT, it was a waste of time. Oh, okay. No, I mean I won't say it's a waste of time. And like I, I think I've matured enough to the stage of like where. I don't get pissed or I don't get mad. I mean, I think if I make mistakes when I know better, I can get, you know, I'll be pissed at myself for a day. But I think I have matured enough to the stage where uh, I don't get mad or anything like that. Like, I can acknowledge if I had a good tournament or not. And, I, you know, I'll be, I'll say that I can, I am mature enough to acknowledge when I know I fished clean. Okay. So, like, I, I did my job, I did the best that I could on that day. And just quite, just didn't find any fish. But I'll never be satisfied, you know. Like it's even a second place. Like I didn't go there. I didn't reach my goal. So my brain has just been like trained throughout my life that like if you didn't accomplish your number one goal, you didn't succeed. So you know, it's in the you know, Brandon Polinick had a video this year, and I think I've mentioned it a couple times on a few podcasts. It's you know, it's not win or lose. It is you win or you learn. So. That is my approach to, I mean, I'll, I'm regardless of how TOC shakes out, you know, last place or first place, I'm going to be there to cheer on whoever, you know, whoever wins the dang thing. And I'm going to do my best to learn of what, what mistakes I make. And, you know, hopefully, you know, not going to, well, we don't have any mistakes, but I understand it's my first TOC and, you know, three, three day tournaments are their own beast. So uh, that's just kind of how I, 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 I am mentally, man. It's, I think it's one that, you know, might so sound harsh, but I think it helps me in the end because it keeps me in a good mental space and knowing that, you know, even if I'm leading a tournament, you know, by six inches, you know, with 30 minutes left in the day to know that it's not enough, you know, I can still got to keep grinding. Like uh, I could, even if I'm Timmy Horton and I'm leading by 20 pounds in the last day and it's impossible for someone to catch me, I'm still not going to go order a pizza and sit at the ramp and wait. So it's just, it's kind of one of those things that just keeps it, keeps you in a, a better mental state and it keeps you competitive and never kind of like slowing down or slipping. If that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. So going into this season, um, what have you checked off your, your list of what you wanted to accomplish? Obviously you got the win. You qualified for the TLC. You want to win the TLC. So that's still on the list. What other um, check marks have you added to this year? 
check marks that I've checked Cross. off or check marks that I have on the list that I've checked off. Um, I got a local win uh, this past uh, couple months ago, I think. Um, local wins are always cool. Uh, I'm leading AOI for our local trail. Um, so that's, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, I'd like to win that out of your top five. Um, you know, I'd like to say I'd go after AOI for OBBOS, but I know that that's basically statistically impossible, I think. I'm not a mathematician, but it looks pretty far-fetched for me. Um, well, you consider it to double turn points on the last day, right? On, on the TLC, not the last day on the TLC. Oh, see, I don't even know how that works. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess I get, probably should freshen up on my AOI standards. Yeah, you, get double you get a double look at Drew Gregory. You should ask Drew Gregory last year. Well, not last year, the year before last year. Um, Drew Gregory only finished three tournaments. Now, granted, his his three finishes were pretty impressive. Um, I yeah. don't know if you want – I don't think he won all three. But um, I, sh I should ask Drew. I mean, I talked to him like an hour every day. It's yeah. especially with a three-day tournament. I mean, it's not likely, but there is a chance that Cody Milton doesn't catch 15 fish. You know, so you never know. Come on, let's be real. Come on, it's, it's, it's unlikely. <laughs> it's unlikely, but everybody, you know, that's the thing about it. Is like in basketball terms, it's called you know every you know and day you have a bad shooting night. If bad shooting night happens to be on the TOC, then. You know, somebody can sneak in and get the win. Yeah, but I got too much confidence in that, that Cody Milton. He'll be all right. I like. To, I think you know what? Like, obviously, statistically, you're sitting there. You're like, yeah, I want to win AOI, right? But man, part of me is like, Cody deserves that crap. Cause I don't think he has an AOI. Well, are you fishing for Cody, or are you fishing for yourself? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not Cody trying to deserves every trophy. Doesn't mean he's gonna get it. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Here's here's what I'm trying to say. Is I'm going to try to beat everybody's butt, and I'm going to try to win the TOC, but, like, if Cody wins AOI, Cody deserves AOI. That's just oh, been yeah. out for a while. He's, he's been a pioneer of this sport. I'd be super I'd be super pumped to watch Cody win AOI. So part of me almost feels guilty being in my first season to even think about taking AOI from Cody. Well, at, <laughs> at some point, Cody Milton took, like – the throne, and this is my opinion, right? This could be another debate. But at some point, Cody Milton took the throne away from Russ Snyder. I think it was somewhere two years ago. Cody Milton kind of like took the edge over on Russ Snyder. Because previous to that, I think Russ Snyder, for like two years, we felt like, yeah, Russ Snyder is is just yeah, in another level. Yeah. yeah, he couldn't be stopped. So what if you're the Cody Milton and Cody Milton's the Russ Snyder? Because there's got to be somebody that's following him. He's not going to do it forever. Somebody's going to dethrone him, just like he, in my opinion. I mean, we can debate this, but just like my opinion, he kind of dethroned Russ Snyder. Somebody's going to dethrone him. Why not you? I mean, if you think about it, if you win at Darnell, right? Let's say you get a first place win at Darnell. That's two first place wins. Even if you get the top five, that's two top five wins. Plus, uh, what you got on the uh, pick with 17th place? No, you got uh, higher so than 17th. 17th, right? No, I got 48th at Toledo, first at Ifala, and 12th at Chicago. Okay, 12. Yeah, so, and then you go into, so let's say you land in the top five, our Darnell, which you still got time to sign up. Then you go into the TOC. <laughs> I it's ain't double going to Darnell. 
It's double I ain't points. Going to that. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, if you want to, if you want to have it, you gotta have make the sacrifices. I mean, you're pumping um, you up. I don't know why. I'm trying to cut. I should probably leave you alone. I got, <laughs> so I got the Susky. I got the Susky still. Oh yeah, you got the Susky. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, so. That, that's, okay. So if you win the Susky. Or we'll, if you we'll, we'll come back five. to this. We'll we'll come back to this conversation if I win the Susky. Come up there. So, how much are you? Let's put hypothetically. I know you want to say go back to it, but it's too much fun. I can't let it go. So <laughs> let's say you land in the top five in the Susky. Now you got a first place finish, a top five, which you usually could do. You're from the Northeast area. Now. All of a sudden, Darnell could have been that tournament where it could have edged you closer to give you a, a, you know, a puncher's chance to win the TOC. But now the the um, the tournament is fold out, which it sold out, which I don't think it's going to be. If, okay, let's put it this way: if if you get a top five finish at the Susky, and you got a chance to go into Darnell and do better than 48, like you did in Toledo. And put your name out there for Angle of the Year. Would you do it? Well, if I had top five at Susky, that would erase the 48 because it's top three tournaments. So I'd have to erase. I'd have to do better than oh, 12. Oh, so the top play. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll, right. give you, I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. Here about this. If I top five at Susky, I'll do Dardanelle if you pay for my gas. <laughs> no, I'm not going to pay for your gas. You got to get you no, just. No, we, no, 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 no. <laughs> you just catch a check. <laughs> what are you talking about? You just catch a $10,000 check and you catch another $1,500 $1, check. You can pay for your own gas. You got no kids. You're not married. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's over $5 a gallon in New York right now. I'm and not we really got a new sponsor, too. <laughs> Got a new sponsor. Yeah, it does help. Asking me to pay you gas money. Come on, man. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think you should do it. Then, then you rift it. Well, if you even then, like even with the first place, a top five, and a twelfth place, you still got a shot of AOA, AA, AOY at the TLC. Yeah, you know what? I mean, my headspace right now, kind of where I'm at with it, is. I'm going to go into the TOC focused on the TOC. You know, if something crazy happens, it happens, but um, it's kind of, it's not really in my cards right now, if that makes sense. Right. It's one where I want to go do well to Susky. I'm, you know, I'm doing it because it's so dang close to home and I've never fished a tournament on it. Going to go stay with some buddies. You know, I've never, you know, Drew Gregory is a really good buddy of mine and talk to Great him every day, it seems. And uh, never actually traveled a tournament with them you know we've we've met at tournaments and you know gotten drinks and stuff but I never actually traveled with them so it'd be good to finally travel and it's it's only a four-hour drive for me i really don't have excuse not to fish that uh i wish i could fish winnipesaukee but that's the one the closest tournament to me and i can't even fish it because i'm working so that oh, kind of sucks i kind of feel guilty being a northerner and not fishing the closest that most northern tournament but and that only uh, has like less than a hundred, so there's a good chance you lot uh, land in the at least the top yeah. ten on that one. That place I've been there. That place that's a uh, perfect for how I like to fish. So you it's uh, call, a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> no, no, I think uh, I think if I called in stick to that one because it's the uh, uh, it's leading up to ICAST, and I have a Abu Garcia media trip that week. That I'm pretty sure if uh, I called in sick, I'd get fired. So yeah. Yeah, don't think I could do that one. But I'm gonna actually, I'm putting you back down in the crotch shot. 
you, yeah, you can't you. see the crotch. You see the knees, but yeah, I'm gonna make a, a couple casts here. Hopefully, catch you a catch you a bass. We're in the fans only content portion of the. That's right. Paddle and fin fans only. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, going back uh, to kind of circling around to your podcast, you got a new sponsor. Tell us a little bit about your spot, new sponsor, and what it means for you. Yeah, so uh, we just recently announced, you know, we've been in the works with it for a while now. Uh, but we have a new title sponsor for Serious Angler, and uh, that is X2 Power Batteries. You know, they've they've been kind of a, a secret, almost kind of like a hidden gem amongst the boating realm for their AGM batteries, their, their cranking batteries. Um, a lot of guys, a lot of boaters will run their AGMs, uh, but they just recently dropped a line of lithium batteries. Um, and that is one that I'm running, you know, as we speak right now, I got, you know, I got my Helix nine and Helix 10 right here that are running off of uh, a 50 amp, uh, X2 lithium battery. Um, and they just signed on as our title sponsor. And that's one that we're really excited about because Sean over there, he's the guy that we, we report to and, and talk with and came and brought this opportunity. Um, and he's someone that's really excited about fishing, loves the sport, wants to give back to it, you know, uh, believes in us. He's been a big, uh, He's been a longtime fan of the show, you know, watches religiously. Uh, and that's something that, you know, that one, we appreciate, but two, the fact that he's believed in the show, you know, and, and stands behind us, not just, Hey, you got a, a reach, you know, we're going to pay you money, that kind of thing. It's more of, Hey, I believe in what you're doing. You know, let's go create some magic. Um, it kind of, it means a lot. So we're really excited for it because it's a family feel. That's the way he makes you know us feel. So it's, uh, it's one we're super pumped about and it's huge for the show because, you know, we're able to give back to our fans because, you know, we, one, we get a code, but two, we're being there. Uh, X2 is in a place where they have a decent amount of product, can give product away and we're going to be giving back to people uh, being that product, you know, batteries are so dang expensive nowadays. Um, and we're, we're going to be able to be put in a position to one, make some really cool content and two, give away some pretty dang sweet stuff for folks that are uh, looking to save money on batteries, but also be able to get some premium power. So it's a, it's a really cool opportunity. We're, we're really pumped about it. It's a perfect fit. You know, they're going to be getting us to the, the Bassmaster classic to ICAST next year, doing live shows. We have some pretty cool content uh, trips with them coming. Um, it's just, a, it's a really cool deal. We're pretty pumped about it. What are your goals when you, with the, we talked about your goals in fishing, kayak fishing, but what are your goals on, with your podcast? What would you like to see your podcast five years from now? Man, if you told me Serious Angler's worth that right now, and you told me that you know, 16 years ago when I started it, uh, I tell you, you're freaking crazy. Um, so honestly, I just, I just want to keep growing it. Uh, there's nothing cooler than, you know, getting the DMs that we get and the messages, the emails and people seeing us in public and uh, saying how they learn stuff from the show. Because that's like that's yeah. like the biggest reason for me to bass fish in general. Like, I don't have to fish tournaments. I don't have to fish the Hobies. I mean, I'm ultra competitive. So that's my reasoning for that. But my biggest thing is I just love to learn, man. And that's why bass fishing is so cool is because you'll never stop learning. Um, and that's what the, the preface is for serious anglers just to help teach. You know, help to get you know get that vet more, that message out there. You know, giving you know guests a voice, but uh, 
primarily just seeing other people catch bass because of something we say and them thanking us for it. That's freaking cool. Um, as long as we keep doing that, you know, trying to reach more people to get that message across. Um, you know, I don't, I'd love to eventually potentially you know, go full time with it one day. Um, but I, I know there's a lot of variables that need to be, um, you know, be to be ready to do that, but it's just, uh, it's a wild ride right now. And I'm just trying to keep surfing that wave. When you see guys like a good friend of yours um, and a great content creator uh, uh, in his own right, Alex Rod just announced that, you know, he's retiring from his current job to focus oh, yeah. on this as a, you know, as his main source of income. And first of all, congratulations to Alex Rod. You can catch his live show on YouTube. Um, and I don't know where else, but I know on YouTube you can watch it you know, under Alex Rod Fishing. Um, how does that serve as an inspiration for you? Was, is that something, and I think you touched on it a little bit, you wanted to do it full-time, but would, would you ever feel comfortable saying, you know, I want to make this a career, or do you feel like making it a career is going to be something that's going to take the fun out of what you do when you enjoy yourself fishing? Um, yeah, that's, that's a really good point, and that's something that's been on my mind. And you know, I'm lucky to uh, call Alex a good friend of mine, and he's one that, you know, Great we're on the phone. You all the time talking about exactly that, you know, how to manage that, how to grow that, how to manage your personal life. And while trying to chase this fishing dream, because man, you know, when you want to do this and you want to do it legit, you can ask any pro pro angler, not saying I ever want to be a pro angler. That's the last life I want to have. Um, the, if you ask any of them though, or people that, you know, really have made fishing or fishing media a full-time gig in their life, it is not easy. You know, you have little to no fish or to no, you know, time on your hands. So to be able to try to balance personal life and stuff and how to make sure that you're not getting burned out and you're happy. Uh, it's tough, you know, and that's one thing I'm, you know, very fortunate to have some really good friends that, you know, help me with that sort of thing and talk to me through it and, you know, guiding me through it. Um, but I found myself in a place right now that, you know, I'm working full time in the fishing industry you know, I basically have run to have two full-time jobs. One is the podcast, but then also work in PR for some pretty big companies in the fishing space. Um, you know, I'm not in any rush to change what I'm doing right now, but it is definitely something on my mind where I, you know, I, I enjoy my full-time job, but I enjoy the podcast more and would have eventually like to do that full-time someday. But obviously there's a lot of steps that need to be taken to get to that point. Yeah, and at this point, it doesn't sound like you're pressuring yourself to get to that point. It's more of so if it ever happens, happens. If it's not, you're good with what you're doing and you're happy with what you're doing and fishing in, kayak fishing with your podcast, which ultimately that's the thing. We just all want to be happy and feel like we're doing what we're doing. Oops, sorry. Hit the mic there. Um, no, that's, a, that's exactly right. I mean, I'm not in any rush right now. My fiance has one year left to her doctorate, you know, more it's more of make as much money as you can right now is is the stage that we're in so uh we're not rushing to go anywhere but it's uh you know it's one that i'd like to pursue eventually um tell me a little bit about uh on the serious angler now your co-host andrew um who's also a um a uh, fishing guide up in new york what is that chemistry like because i know andrew doesn't do any much kayak fishing if any at all but you guys seem to have a good chemistry uh on the mic you know and you kind of bounce out of each other's personalities in a way that makes it enjoyable how did that relationship 
got to where it was now? Was it a struggle? Or was it always been like that before you even started the podcast? <laughs> no, uh, you know, Andrew and I have been friends for a long time, but you know, now Andrew's, you know, Andrew's a brother to me. He's, you know, he's going to be at my wedding. Like he's my best friend. So, I mean, you know, there's obviously there's, there's times, I mean, he'll tell you too, you know, we'll butt heads, you know, because I, th I think any successful business, any successful brand, if you're not butting heads, then there's a, there's usually a problem because what butting heads does is it, it creates that discussion. It creates a debate. It creates the conversation of basically improvement, you know, um, especially when you're able to manage that conversation. It's, it's a healthy debate, right? So that's what Andy and I have. Um, and we just met a while ago, just through fishing the same lakes and met over social media. Got him actually, he was a guest on one of my podcasts, like way early on. And it was just fun. Like we talk all the time over like texts and stuff. And just one day it was, I think it was like episode 100 where I was like, Hey dude, you know, you want to come be my co-host first thing? I'm going to try a live show. And, uh, he hopped on and it was a kind of cool deal where it just, you know, it flowed and it made sense. And, uh, just like, Hey, you want, you know, eventually he came on a couple more shows. He's like, Hey dude, you know, you want to do this full time? You want to partner up and haven't looked back. It's been, it's been pretty dang awesome since, you know, now that we have, we have Deacon from business from the bass boat as our segment on Mondays. It's a, it's a pretty cool deal. Yeah. I wanted to, I was just about to, to that you got is it brian deacon i want to say adam adam adam, adam deacon sorry adam um which i got to meet uh, uh for the first time in bass master classic last year great dude um also great podcast business from the boat um you can check it out when does his episode air yeah so we have three episodes a week uh deacons is monday mornings uh they're usually up at 6 a.m on YouTube and also MP3. So they're up there for the early working folk driving to work because that's a big demographic that we hit. Um, and then we have Tuesday night live shows on our YouTube, which the MP3s get put up Wednesday morning. And then we have a pre-recorded Serious Angler show on Fridays. Cool. So we have three shows a week, two that are like fishing slash technique slash angler based and deacons and business on Mondays. Nice. And you kind of copying... Brian Schiller's formulas to divide and conquer there with all the episodes. It, add, it fits into add more or that's it? Three episodes a week is the Oh, max. no. No, I, no that's, uh, that's way too much content. Uh, you know, we just basically uh, know that what content we put out, you know, when we space it out, we know that there's a happy ground between not enough and too little. And we're hitting it perfect on the head right now, and it's been working, so we're not going to change anything. And um, we do not want more episodes because that's just one too much for people to keep up with, and then two, it's just a lot for you know, as a host to you know produce. You know, if that's one thing I can do yeah. full time, it's something to look at. But I don't think we'd ever go to even if uh, <clears throat> excuse me if we did go full time, I don't think we'd ever do every day. There's very few shows that you can do it every day and do it successfully. Yeah, definitely, I agree. Um, one more thing that, that I wanted to ask you as far as, you know, the Seagler's Angler podcast, what do you try, to, you know, you have your, you said you have three episodes, like, um, what do you on yours, not necessarily business from the boat, which is Adam Deacons, but on your two episodes, what's the difference between the live show and the pre-recorded show? Or is it just the same thing? I mean, not the same episode, of course, 
but what is the difference in content from your live show to your um, pre-recorded shows? I mean, they're the same thing. It's just one's live, one's not, just because it's harder for us to schedule two live shows a week with our crazy schedules. So, you know, that, that Friday show is one we could do the Sunday before or the night before. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, that's, that's basically the preface of it. It's the same thing. It's just one's live, one's not. Awesome, man. And as far as as far as on the water, who do you – I think you kind of mentioned it with Cody Milton, but – who do you look up to as something that you say you want to achieve at that level? Uh, someone that I know or something that someone that I look up no, to? Just, does, does that, do I have to know them? You know, as far as, as far as success on the water, it doesn't, you don't have to know him personally, but when you look at somebody says, man, it doesn't, it necessarily doesn't have to be like having success as Cody Milton, but somebody that is a well-rounded all around tournament angler that just doesn't fish that much, but you know, if they did, they will probably wreck them. So it doesn't have to be something, somebody that's popular or somebody that, you know, personally, just in general, as far as what you want to achieve in the level of, I guess, greatness, if you want to mention it, as far as recognition goes on the kayak fishing where do you see yourself? Like, who do you look up to? Or do you, is there anybody out there that actually is as successful as you want to be someday? Maybe there's not. Maybe you want to be greater than whoever has achieved greatness at this point. Um, man, that's a tough question. I know, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that um, are killing the game right now that, uh, you know, I think I look up to in terms of just how they – they're going through this and how they pioneered through this industry, you know, like a Drew, like a Cody, you know, like a Christine, you know, there's, there's a bunch of people that are the pioneers of this sport. Um, and I don't want that to ever be forgotten because what they've done is the only reason, you know, we're winning $10,000. Of course. Yeah. You know, around the country right now. You're getting caught off there a little uh, bit, Randy. Um, but man, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's a tough question because I really don't try to mold myself after anyone. You know, I kind of like to almost hear me. Yeah, I can hear you now. You're coming off better. Hello? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can, can you hear me? Off yes. I think there might be a lag. Okay. Sorry, I must have been like a dead zone or something. Okay. Can you, can you hear me right now? Yes. You there? Okay. Um, so I, I think really uh, what I was trying to get at is I don't, I don't want to be like anybody else. I know that probably sounds cliche, but I, I just don't want to, you know, mold myself after anybody. Cause I feel like when you're going after someone or someone else's success or how they do things, um, you typically forget about, you know, what you want to accomplish, what you, or how you fish, you know, your style, because I think that's super important. Um, and there's definitely, um, a definitely, there's no reason why you can't create your own style, your own brand, yeah. um, your own brand, but your own success and your own trail to try to get to that top. Because I mean, just because one person's accomplished this doesn't mean you can't accomplish that tenfold. So, I mean, I, I look up to a lot, a lot of people, especially in, in the sport, but um, I look up to them in terms of how they guide themselves through 
the sport, through the industry, how they carry themselves. Uh, and I kind of nitpick between different people. There are certain people's strengths that I like more than others, but I can't remember or I can't forget that I kind of ha- I have to stay true to myself and know that I have stuff that I could offer. Uh, and I just kind of take that as, you know, well-rounding myself to create my own path, you know, throughout this, this game. That's a good point. Kind of create yeah. your carve your own success and not necessarily follow the, yeah. the success of other people. I think, and you know, when you think of the sport, the sport is being so young. Um, it's not far fetched to think that at some point somebody's going to be breaking records or, you know, winning at a much higher rate than what we see right now. When you look now, that's on the water now, off the water, when you think about your media side of things, you know, serious angler, Bailey, Ike, whatever. What, what about that? What What would you accomplish? And is there anybody out there, like, let's say, just an example, like Mike Iconelli, who has his own TV show now and Ike Life and all that. Is there something along those lines that you want to, you truly want to accomplish? Or this is more like you're just going for the ride and see where it ends? <laughs> yeah, I kind of just been going with the flow, to be honest with you. Like, my biggest goal about a year and a half ago was basically just to work in fishing, you know, surround my life with fishing. And I've done that. So basically I'm just trying to, my next goal is to don't let that slip up, I guess. <laughs> so just yeah. keep, keep on this trail and just keep trying to grow every facet that I've involved in. And I guess just see where it takes me. I mean, it's, I've had a lot of really good opportunities presented to me since, you know, going full time, with uh, my work, but then also going full time with uh, the podcast. Not certainly say full time with the podcast, but um, <laughs> podcast basically is a full time job. Um, you know, it's presented a lot of cool opportunities, a lot of really good connections, a lot of great friends that I've met um, that I would not have met if I hadn't done the podcast. So I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm going to keep riding out and see where it takes me. And as far as Combining your content creation with your, and that includes the podcast, with what you've done on the water, what do you think is the one thing you're most proud of? Any accomplishments, whether it's on the water or off the water, as it relates to fishing, of course. Man, I think I'm most proud of just the people I've met, the people that I get to talk to every day, the people that uh, that are going to be in my wedding that I wouldn't be in my wedding if I didn't start the podcast. That's probably the, the coolest thing for me um just for that that reason just because like without that i would have never met that person and they mean a lot in my life so uh i think that's what i'm most proud of because all the rest of it can be duplicated replicated and uh that can't yeah that definitely when you think about the people you met on the wall like just drew gregory man drew gregory is a nice guy you couldn't ask for any and and there's a lot of nice guys and nice girls on the water don't get me wrong you know christine Fitch- right Ned. I think she's a great human being. Uh, Guillermo Gonzalez, I can say the same thing about Guillermo Gonzalez, Drew Gregory, Cody Milton. Such a nice group of people that it's just, it's hard not to to overlook that. It's hard to overlook the fact that, you know, regardless of the success on the water, the people that are, are around you, when you are on the water and when you're talking fishing and all that, Rolando 19, which I got uh, to meet as well, and, uh, it's just not just because of their success on the water, but just the human nature. It I just makes makes me feel a better person just being around them. 
you know, or inspired 100%. me. 100%. Yeah. That's right. But yeah, I've had you over an hour, uh, and uh, I appreciate your time. I know you're pre-fishing for a tournament. So, you know, glad we can compromise. Um, I still hold it against you that you didn't catch a bass while we were recording. And so <laughs> the whole crotch thing, crotch, you know, um, you know, viewpoint was <laughs> was wasted there. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> no. But um, still, we, we, we thank you. And uh, before I let you go, I kind of want to give you a few minutes to give shout outs. I know you've had a lot of people and a lot of companies that have helped you both on and off the water. So please take your time. Yeah, I mean, uh, one, thank you for the invite. It's always, <clears throat> it's always fun to get on here and chat with you boys. Um, and then really, you know, shout out to uh, X2 Power, pump for the, uh, the partnership, pump for these lithium batteries that are freaking sweet and uh, are kicking butt right now. I uh, actually haven't noticed my batter or my graphs get clear. So that's a plus. Uh, it's actually my first day running these lithiums. Um, and then a uh, big shout out to uh, Ryan and team at Morgan Marine. They, uh, they tailor to, <laughs> to uh, the way I beat up my hobbies. <laughs> so they uh, have been absolutely awesome to me and treating like family. So huge shout out to them. They're probably the best, you know, Hobie dealer in the Northeast. So uh, big shout out to them. You know, big shout out to all my sponsors just in general. Um, you know, I could go through the list, but they, they know who they are and their support that you know, that we show as a two-way street. So it's a, it's a fun deal, uh, especially when you get to work with people that believe in you and, you know, you believe in their product. So but thank you, man, for getting me on here. This is a lot of fun. No, man, it's an honor to have you on the podcast and we wish you the best moving forward. Where can people follow you? And I know you mentioned it, but kind of remind everybody, where can people follow you on social media and where can people listen to your podcast? Yeah, so you can listen to the Sears Angler podcast. Uh, you can either watch it on YouTube uh, or if you're Apple, Anchor, you know, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all that jazz, uh, you can listen to us there. Uh, but you can find Sears Angler on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Uh, and then you can find me, myself, just Bailey underscore Igret on Facebook and Instagram. So, And also, you can find my personal YouTube channel if you want to watch the Chasing Hardware series I do which is around the Hobies, uh, filming the Hobie uh, tournaments. Uh, that's on the channel called Be The Fish, capital B-E, The Fish. And that's like, obviously, a link to my social makes it easier. So, yeah, that's about it. There you go, guys and girls. If you love kayak fishing as much as we do, go follow Bailey Agbred at all the places I mentioned. Bailey, again, thank you for those out there being on the water. If you're going to be on the water, please wear your PFD. If you're going to have a couple of beers, just please re drink responsibly. Take care of yourself. Beat the heat. It's crazy hot summer here in Texas. It's start of June and we're already triple digits. I don't know how many days in a row, but it's going to be crazy fishing. Uh, it's probably going to suck for the next couple of months, judging by how the temperatures are. But either ways, have a great time on the water, guys. Thank you for listening. Peace out.